Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. What is popping, y'all? We are back. Welcome, welcome. You know I give you a moment to come into the room, center yourself. Uh, if you're coming in, change your chat settings to everyone and let us know where you're tuning in from in the chat. Shout out your city, shout out your town if you're a small town person like I am. Uh, I'm originally from Miami, but now I live in this little tiny town in Tennessee. Uh, uh, what's going on? We are going to launch this question right here. This is kind of how we identify the folks that are in the room. Shout out Chicago. I see you, Ryan. What's going on? Anyone in Chicago? Anyone in Chicago? All right, Boston. What's going on? Boston representing Philly in the house. Uh, let's kick things off here. You guys know why you're here. We are here to learn. So get your learning cap on. You might be coming off a call or coming out of a meeting. Uh, so this is what we are here to discuss today. Cold messaging that converts to meetings. That's what everybody's after. So I'm going to introduce a couple of folks to you, but first of all, welcome back to the Sell Better Daily Sales Show, where we bring you daily sales advice to help you sell better. If you're joining us live, keep your eyes on the chat. We're going to drop some monster stuff in there. And if you are listening to the podcast, thank you very much for tuning in. Let us know what your role is and tell us where you're tuning in from in the chat. That's what we're doing right now. Big shout out to our guest today. Brian Lamana is back with us. He is with Gong. What is going on, my friend? Excited to be here. Happy Valentine's Day, James. Yeah, big hearts out, right, to everybody on the V-Day. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're like me and you got your gift like a month and a half, two months ago, uh, let me know in the chat. Put a one in the chat if you're like me and you're proactive. Justin Chi, what is going on, my friend? You actually started your cold email hacker yes. business because of this show. Am I right about that? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's been about almost two years, actually, about a year and a half ago. Yeah. It's a long story. We can go into that. We already went to this before the call, yeah. but... I was doing consulting and then I saw your email deliverability podcast and that basically started my whole business. Like this is the whole reason I have a business right now. So yeah, incredible stuff right there. Content is everything. This man is catching it on. So go follow him. We'll let you know how at the end of the show here. Don't forget to connect with us tomorrow right here on the Sell Better Show. We're going to dive into Sales Navigator with Morgan J. Ingram and Anthony Natoli. We'll put that in the chat for you. Scan this QR code. Check us out at sellbetter.xyz. Learn why we're doing what we're doing. Explore our YouTube channel. You can get great tips and strategies from the YouTube channel. Before we kick it off, I want to give a big thanks to Common Room. These people are doing amazing things for sellers on the front lines everywhere. Turn buyer activity into pipeline. It's plain, simple, and easy enough to do with Common Room. So we're going to drop a link in the chat so that you can check out this game-changing solution and learn more about how to do that. Let me tell you a little bit about what you're going to get today from our experts. This ops framework that Brian has been rocking is fantastic. So we're going to give that to you early so that you can see that framework. We're also going to give you Justin's framework. So you're going to see two different frameworks, and then we're going to talk about those nuances. We're going to give you some personalization stuff and what batching means in the modern sales age. And then of course, we can't talk about cold messaging without talking about how AI can help us. Let's check out who's in the room. Bam. SDR and AE, a lot of cold messaging. If you're an AE in the room, put a one in the chat if you're being asked to prospect more than ever before right now. Uh, I think that's a trend that I've been seeing for some time. But let's kick things off, right? Uh, so first of all, before we talk about the ops framework, let's talk about why we need a framework. Brian, why are these essential for sellers today? Yeah, I think essentially you have like two options when it comes to email. You can either just kind of spray and pray and hit people with pretty generic templates. Um, from our own research at Gong, we've seen that reply rates have gone from like 6% to 4% to 2%, and that's from 2021 to 2023. Yeah. So continuing to go down and down and your return is just worse and worse. Uh, so that's option number one. You'll probably get an unsubscribe. 
Or option number two is you put together like a super personalized email, but it takes you a ton of time because I often get like writer's block and I'm like, hey, I'm prospecting James Buckley here. Where do I even start? Should I go to his LinkedIn? Should I go to the company? Should I go to a blog? And then it takes 20, 25 minutes to put it together. Over an hour, you write two or three and they might not even open it. So in, in my um in my thinking, a framework helps you personalize and add that relevance more at scale because you just have to fill it in with gold in terms of what you're looking for, but you don't have to really think about like how to structure it since you already have that pre-built. I think frameworks are an essential part of sales today, and I don't think there's a silver bullet with regard to which framework you use. I think there's some variables. We're going to discuss that today. But Justin, you said that sometimes frameworks come down to something like access. What do you mean by that? Yeah, as far as access, just like kind of what Brian said is just making sure that you have a format to work off of, right? Like the example I like to give is think of billboards, like you drive by billboards, they always have that same general format. And the only variable here is we're changing the offer. Like that's generally what we go. It's like, there's a framework, there's a certain amount of lines you put in the email, and then that sentence, the offer sentence, the pitch, the pitch sentence, eh, can't talk around, pitch statement is what we're changing, what we're seeing resonates with the audience basically. So, so for the SDRs and the AEs that are in the room that came to get some frameworks, let's give them one. Brian, uh, talk to me about the ops framework. Uh, break it down, make it simple for everybody to understand. I think this is one of the most efficient frameworks I've seen in some time. Yeah, I've been using this for a couple of years now. Anything that I do over and over and over, like writing cold emails, I try to think of ways to put a framework behind it or do it a little bit smarter. What I looked at and analyzed from my own emails and what was actually leading to replies and successful outcomes, i.e. booking opportunities, was they often led with some sort of like trigger or observation that was relevant to either that company or that persona right off the bat with no flaws. The second is I'm actually framing up a little bit more of the problem instead of just saying something like, our solution works by doing X, Y, and Z, very feature-driven. You're actually sharing that problem statement first of like how it's challenging to that persona, as well as the solution in there for more of a benefits and an outcomes point of view. At the very end of it, um, a lot of readers, when they open up their email, they get a lot of automated junk. So they often look at the very top and the very bottom to just be like, hey, did this email I got from James Buckley, is this AI or is this James? Did he take his time on this? Yeah. At the very bottom of the email, I put in a PS. I pretend like PS stands for personalization. So I pull something really specific from their LinkedIn profile. As an example, saw you've been at Sell Better for, I'm making this up, but almost five years now. Huge congrats. That's just close, like, actually. Just <laughs> something like ultra, ultra specific that screams like, hey, this was only written to James Buckley and nobody else in the world. Yeah. I also leave off with a really simple CTA. So instead of like, hey, do you have time next Tuesday or Thursday at these six different time slots? It's just like, have you ever heard of us before? Is this even on your radar? Uh, worth a short conversation. They know you're asking for a demo. Um, you know, you can play it a little bit more casual and cool than just, you know, asking for an hour of deadline. If you guys aren't picking up on his casual tones, this is how he speaks to his prospects as well. Like that's one of the best parts about this framework is that you are able to lean into your authenticity because it's a very simplified framework that anyone can execute on. Uh, all right, Justin, this is your framework. Now you guys are seeing these two frameworks. Don't worry, we're gonna circle back. You'll see them a couple times throughout the show. Uh, but break this one down for everybody and how you've been using it. And yeah. some good, we got some examples coming your way, everybody. So stick around. 
Yeah, so pretty straightforward. I would say it's actually very similar to what Brian's offering. The only thing I would say differentiates us as far as like what we're doing is we try to hammer down a case studies, right? And I don't mean case studies as in we helped a staffing company get XYZ result. Like we try to be as specific as possible when we're putting case studies. So this will go into batching, which we'll discuss later as far as how I set up the campaigns. But think about from your viewer's perspective, or reader's perspective, is let's say we're selling to a market agency, right? They wouldn't resonate with a case study and for a SaaS company. So we want to try to match up the case study. So that's where I would say we differentiate. The other parts of the framework, very similar. You know, we have a personalization, observation, something that hooks them in. And then we have a value proposition. You know, this is where batching also comes into play. Like being specific to your audience, this is where we try to make this unique, right? So overall, like we just follow this framework and then we play around with value props and case studies. Generally, you know, if you're selling one product, the pain point is always, almost always the same. Like the pain point you solve is almost always the same. So yeah. One of the uh, the important variables here is this value proposition focus. And, uh, you know, put a one in the chat if you are very good at articulating that value proposition quickly and concisely, or if you kind of stumble on it a little bit still and it kind of comes out a little jumbled, right? This has to be a very clear statement and it takes a lot of practice to get good at this. I want to encourage everybody, one-ish, Paul, I, I see you on the ish. Uh, hey, I want to encourage you guys to ask questions in the chat. Shout out to Ellen. For asking that first question, Justin, looks like you're answering that right now. Get your yep. questions, and these guys are great at answering questions. Before we go into some examples, I think that there are some differences between messaging and copy. Brian, you had a really straightforward approach here. You were, you know, very clear with what your brain, where your brain was. But then, Justin, when you and I talked about this, it got a little more complex. So, Brian, in your brain, these are the same. They're different. What's what's your thought here? Yeah, they're they're pretty much the same to me. Um, there might be like slightly defi different definitions from it, but um, again, I just kind of go back to that framework of the ops piece of uh, leading with a really relevant trigger, framing up the problem, framing up the solution in terms of benefits. Um, in terms of some of those, like I have uh, statements I'll more often make uh, versus that might be more nuanced exactly who I'm reaching out to, but sure. I, I'd say I don't get as caught up in the weeds on it. Yeah. Uh, I, and that's an approach, right? You can you don't have to look at the difference between the two. In my mind, the way I always looked at it was something is just messaging until it's proven to be successful, and then it can become copy. And Justin, you had your own set of thoughts on this that I thought yeah. were very interesting. Uh, yeah, from both a, like a I mean, this is almost like a marketing and sales perspective here. Yeah, so I see copy as one thing, right? To me, I guess everybody has a different definition. I see copy more as a framework. So kind of what we discussed in the last slides. Four sentences, five sentences, generally this is a format we use. Like the example I like to give is billboards for lawyers, you know, billboards for accident lawyers, for divorce lawyers. They generally follow that same format, but the offer is different. So that's how I think about messaging, right? Messaging is the target audience. In this case of the billboards, you know, it would be divorce lawyers, accident lawyers, whatever. And I guess, do, do we want to dive into like specific examples, like, how we come across, like how we come up messaging, that kind of stuff, or should we just push that for a later slide? Well, I, so we do we do have some examples coming up that I think will lend itself to that. But you said that it would benefit people to start coming up with five problems that they're prepared to yes. discuss because that's going to give them like this Rolodex of things to prioritize yep. with them. And you also said you keep it a bit vague. I always found that that was like a line I didn't want to toe, right? I want to be very yep. direct. 
and I don't want to be vague, but you say this works to your advantage. Talk to me about yeah. how you, you use vague so, language. I would say for the five problems thing, like a lot of the viewers are in the SaaS industry, right? So generally the SaaS platforms solve a bunch of different problems. Mm. And put your industry in the chat. Are you in SaaS? Let us know in the chat. What's your industry? What's the industry you're in? Go ahead, Justin. Yeah, that would help. Um, but yeah, generally SaaS like, solves a lot of different problems. So just thinking about what problems the SaaS solves, like write it down, right? Like your your enablement team probably tells you what this, you know, what the software does, what it solves. Write that down. Think of five different value pitches for that. And then just use the framework. So what I'll do is I'll swap in each of these five problem statements, I guess, problem value pitches, whatever. And we'll test those out. So that's as far as like messaging, that's what we're testing. As far as keeping it vague, um, I think it really depends. For me, I like to lean to being vague because I notice a lot of SaaS emails and I get a lot of SaaS emails now as well because, um, you know, I guess I'm famous now, but I get a lot of SaaS emails and the value props I usually get is, is I don't even know what they do. People are saying like, oh yeah, we sell an AI, ML, cloud-based, whatever, right? It's like so many buzzwords. And I think if you try to get too specific, a lot of times your prospects might not even know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? So the way I like to think about it is talk about the problem you solve, like try to get specific, right? Like maybe you're selling, I don't know, a cool email tool. Like we integrate with Salesforce. That would be a good one, right? We're cheaper than the integral Salesforce email sending tool. I'm just throwing something out there, right? Yeah. But try to keep it vague enough. Like try to, I can show some examples later, but just try to make it so that what you're offering has intrigued. You're solving a problem they have. But at the same time, you're not over explaining. I always, it's a kind of a buzzword, but I like to lean into like, oh yeah, we use AI to do this and that. Like they're like, oh, how are you using AI to solve this problem? Yeah. Go from there. So there, there's a ton of ways that you're going to leverage AI in this. And we're going to get into that here in the future, uh, in the, in the, in the show. I want, there's great questions coming in. Keep them coming y'all. And if there's any that you guys want to answer, by all means, shout them out. Uh, Brian, you said something really interesting about making your prospect the hero. And I think this is something that I struggled with for a long time. Uh, John will often say, John Barrows, my friend John, will always say, if you talk about features and functions, you talk to people that deal with features and functions. But if you talk about business, you get pushed to people that run business, right? Uh, and you get pushed to who you talk to. So how do we make our prospects the hero without selling our product and feeling that pitchiness that I think people run away from? It's a really small nuance and I am as guilty of it as anyone else. And it's not just through cold email, but it's through like demos and solution presentations. Everyday life. But we as sellers have a natural tendency to love our own product, be drinking the Kool-Aid and uh, it'll slip often in demos. We're like, hey, we help uh, your company by doing X, Y, and Z, which kind of positions your company as the hero in the journey. Try to flip that framing around. So if you see with this like cold email example, instead of saying like, um, uh, yeah, the better example to say something like revenue leaders use blank to track new rollouts versus saying like Gong helps you buy X, where it's like they can't do their job without the software. They don't want to feel like that. So it's a really small flip, um, but just trying to frame up them as, as being the one to, to benefit from this versus like you all being the one that comes in and saves the day. Yeah. I, I like this aspect of putting them in that hero's seat. I think that definitely stands out to me as something that people would respond favorably to because don't we all want to be the hero? Uh, Justin, you and I talked about pros and cons of hyper-personalization, and you brought up some really good points, and I think this might be a good time for you to share your screen and talk about that yeah. batching 
uh, because I think this part is really important. For those of you that are looking, this is the question, right? Uh, let me know in the chat, yes or no. Have you ever said, how can I scale my messaging better? Right? Yes or no. Scale my messaging. Yeah. That's that magic language we all want. I want to scale it. So Justin, show us this magic that you've been doing and talk to her. And this is how I run my whole business, basically. So we send a ton of cold emails, right? So let me show you an example. This is a very crude example. I don't actually send this email, but when I was talking about problem statements, right? Like how we pitch statements, problem statements, how we differentiate that, right? Like, let's say we're selling a software to marketing agencies. So within marketing agencies, there's so many different types of marketing agencies. And let's say I'm selling like intent data, just as an example, that's what this email is for, right? So two different marketing companies, web development company and SEO agency. Well, obviously they want to find different prospects. So I'll say like, we can help you find heads of marketing looking to increase their web ranking on Google if it's an SEO agency. And we can help you find heads of marketing looking to revamp their site for better conversions if we're trying to pitch to a web development uh, company, right? So when I say batching, I mean, think about who you're selling to, right? Because everybody here probably has a broad ICP. Maybe it's like a VP of sales, VP of HR, VP of whatever. But within that ICP, depending on, unless you're like a vertical SaaS, right? But if you're pretty broad, like SaaS, you know, you sell different industries. Generally within an ICP title, like a VP, whatever, there's different industries that you cater to, right? So think about it like this. This is how I run this. So if we're going after marketing agencies, and I'm using Apollo as an example here, but if we use um, Apollo here, and let's say I'm going after VP of sales. You'll see here, there's a lot of different sort of industries, right? Like, I don't know, promoted, like custom gifts or promotional products, right? So if I just blast an email to all these people, I feel like it's not going to resonate. Oh, we help market agencies. Like this is a sentence I would probably get from most SDRs or people sending cold emails. They would say, oh, we help market Let's say I'm a marketing agency. They would say, oh, we help marketing agencies get more leads or we help marketing agencies find more people who need marketing. Like I'm going to read that and put it in my spam. So to do, I, I do this with AI now, but if you're a frontline rep and you don't have access to these AI tools, this is how I would do it. I would just go in the keyword section and try to be specific. Like I would create a list for SEO and then try to spot check, you know what I mean? Like I'll click into here, make sure they offer SEO, whatever. So they specialize in SEO. You know, I'll pull this list and then I'll go write a specific campaign for this particular list. And then we might reset this. We might go after, I don't know, web development and so on and so forth. So this allows us to get messaging like relevant. I wouldn't say personalized, like Brian is definitely better about personalization than I am. But as far as like relevant messaging at scale without having to spend a lot on tools, like you probably already have access to these tools. This is how I was doing it. So I hope y'all are, I hope y'all are picking up on this fire right here because oftentimes we want to do things faster, better, stronger. And that's the mentality that we have to have as salespeople, because isn't that the nature of sales to be growing our to be growing professionally every day, do 1% better every day. If you've never been told that, you know, we, you heard it here, <laughs> uh, but this is the nature of it, right? Find ways like this. And that's such a great little hack to be able to personalize a specific right. industry, vertical, et cetera. Brian, uh, you, you had some great insights here on the do's and don'ts on that observation statement. And as Justin just said, you're very good at personalization, right? So talk to me about these do's and don'ts and how they relate to that opening preview that somebody might see when they scan their inbox as they come into the office. 
Yeah, the observation is really critical for two reasons. One, the obvious one, I think, is just like capturing their attention and getting them to, to read the rest of the email. The other, and I'll actually just read David's question in the, in the chat out loud, but 96% of emails aren't opened. How do you find your way around that? Well, in emails now, in email preview and Outlook or Gmail, the first like eight or nine words are actually present. So just think about it like this. If you saw the previews, just wanted to follow up here again, James, or to quickly introduce myself, my name is blank. I'm probably not going to open that. That sounds like a sales email. It sounds very fluffy and boring. Yeah. If I saw something like hyper-specific to me and my business and my company, it had my CEO's name in there or a new product we launched, a very, very specific and tailored observation with like a unique verbiage tied to that company, it's going to help increase your open rates as well. So I jump right to it in terms of saying came across, recently read, noticed, just listened to some sort of like action verb. And then I'll insert more of that like loss in the PS where it's not like hope your week is off to a great start, but it's back to that example earlier where it's like, saw you're coming up on your five-year anniversary at Sell Better. Huge congrats in advance, James. Something like that. Right. I, you know, I like this opener as like, uh, you know, hey, saw you're coming up on your five-year anniversary. I think that's awesome. Here's my question for you, Brian. And this is kind of like, you know, out of the blue here. But I always feel like I'm forcing a personalization when I do this. It's kind of like, hey, I saw you went to this college. Anyway, I want to talk to you about this thing completely unrelated to that college. How does that feel for you as you use things like my five-year anniversary? Is that Are you tying that back to why my five years is relevant to Gong? No. So I think I, I generally disagree that like you should lead with that type of like, hey, I saw your five-year anniversary is coming up as like the hook because like the rest of your email isn't really related to that. That's why I throw it off as kind of like a one-off in the PS that just makes it like human. It was only written to you, nobody else in the world. If they opened it, would it make sense? So it's usually a really short one-liner with really just another observation in a way, but a more like personal observation. Um, something that I can relate to, whether it's a charity that they belong to, a university, uh, a work anniversary coming up, a recent promotion. It, it can really be anything. I think I'm, I, I launched that question there about who's actually using frameworks. It looks like most people are using some sort of framework in their flows here. Uh, 10% of our people not using frameworks. I would strongly recommend that you adopt these two frameworks, at least as a starting point. And then for you 18 percenters out there and you 30 percenters, which is the bulk of the room, I would argue that putting these frameworks in place as a staple for every account you work is going to improve the results that you see. And I've seen some questions coming through the chat on how you would scale that messaging. So, uh, you know, I would use Justin's method there on being industry specific or being vertical specific with that personalization and writing it in that way would probably be a good place to start as well. Uh, let's look at a framework example of Justin. So this is an actual framework. This is being used. You guys can use this anytime. Very easy to implement. Justin, break this yep. one down. As, yep. You know, this is such a simple email here. Yeah. First line, I think... Again, like I said before, Brian's personalization is a bit more in depth. So I think if you have the time to do that personalization, it would be beneficial, right? For me, I'm more um, in a marketing capacity, right? For my clients, we send a bunch of emails. We're just trying to get as many means as possible, right? Like we don't really have a specific target account list. So we're just blasting people in the ICP. So in yeah. this case, I generally just blast. Where we have a lot of success, like I saw on LinkedIn that you did XYZ. That's a pretty good one. But depending on how tolerant your industry is, I've gone away with saying, hey, I'll be frank here. I'm going to cut straight to the BS. I know you're busy. And people in certain industries like sales leaders, 
they really like that sort of straight to the point messaging. And I get a lot of opens like that, right? So I think the most important thing is either, I saw on LinkedIn, that's a good observation. Sounding internal is also a good one. Like gonna be frank here or um, as a subject line, maybe we'll say something like, this is what I like to do for subject lines. I know it's not covered here, but think about something internal, right? Like if I'm selling marketing services, like if I'm selling, I don't know, conversion rate optimization, I'll type the subject lines, car abandonment, 80% plus or something, first name. So subject line and first line, just try to make it sound really internal if possible, or just, you know, keep it brief, get something that catches his eye. I think the risk of pissing someone off in this case, depending on the industry you're going after, it could be good. Like I have subject lines, I have first lines where it's like, people will get upset at me, but then some people are like, oh, I really appreciate you being straight to the point. So there's that. Yeah. Second part, value proposition. Generally, what we do here is what I discussed in the previous um, slides is talk about what we can do, but also be very specific to the industry you're selling to. So there's that. And then summarizing the pain points, just kind of like what your marketing team probably tells you to do is like, we can help you do X, Y, Z. Like keep it simple. Don't get into many buzzwords, but just simply explain the pain point. Just say like, hey, we can help you solve X, Y, Z, whatever. And then case studies. I know some people in the chat said they don't have case studies. You can leave this out. Um, sometimes I do test with and without, depending on the industry, like some people are reading through the emails pretty fast. Sometimes the value proposition and the pain points are good enough. But I find if it's a saturated industry, like we're selling SEO, you know, for myself, I'm selling cold email. Um, there's so many competitors out there. So I think the case study, if it's a relevant case study, definitely helps us stand out there. So, and then of course the CTA, um, open to learning more. We do that a lot. We also have a lot of success doing lead magnets. So think like, may I send you a video showing you how I did this for XYZ company? May I send you a one pager showing you how we do this, blah, blah, blah. So just test a bunch of CTAs. I wouldn't go ask for a call straight up, but open to learning more lead magnet based CTAs. Those are all pretty good. So, so this is actually a, a great segue into some resources that Brian sent us. Brian, and I want you guys to notice, like it's a happy coincidence, right? Like look at Justin's CTA right there, open to learning more. Look at look at Brian's first suggested. Are you sensing a pattern? <laughs> uh, Brian, talk about these CTAs. Uh, what are your favorites? What stands out? And y'all let us know, like which one of these makes the most sense that you're going to start using, right? Yeah, I... I I kind of sprinkle all of them, man. I just play around depending on the situation and well, the context of, of who I'm talking to. If I know that they've checked us out before, I'm going to use a little bit of a different one. If I think they've never heard of us, I might uh, use an even lighter one. But these are kind of the main in my memory bank that I draw from. But yeah, they're they're interest-based. They're I call it simple CTAs for a reason. It's, it's nothing overly complex. I'm not naming out seven different time slots and different time zones. It's I'm much more conversational. Conversational seems to be the trend that's catching fire the most right now. I think a lot of people are tired of coming at, like having people come at them very formally, right? Uh, I, it's a it's a played out thing, right? But when we come at it from a perspective that feels too rehearsed, I think people avoid it, right? And when they read it, if I read it and I read it out loud in my mind and it feels like it was automated, my, my brain immediately defaults to the fact that it was. Uh, Justin... Yeah, when you when you and I talked about tools that you've been using, you had a, a yeah. pretty good sized list. Yeah, uh, you know, not, not, while you're talking about the tools you've been using, you know, throw it in the chat. What tools are your favorite tools out there, you guys? I'd love to hear 
love to get a list from everybody of what they're using. Uh, Justin, tell me about some tools you're using. Yeah, tools I use, and generally these, I, I wouldn't even say they're, nece- they're necessary for frontline reps, but if you have the resources to go and use it, I like to use Clay. Think of it as like an Airtable. You can plug in your GBT prompts at scale, and that's how I'm doing my segmentation. Like I showed you guys the batching method I use for Apollo, for Zoom Info, whatever. In this case, the, re- the way I use Clay is we'll pull a list of maybe contacts, we'll have their company description, and we'll just have it go and sort those people out ourselves, like create the personal alliance based on the industry, based on the company description. So yeah, that's the biggest one. And then of course, like other tools, um, Smart Lead, uh, Google Inboxes, like we buy a bunch of Google Inboxes and Sales Navigator, you know, we scrape lists from there as well. So yeah. Yeah. Seeing a lot of Sales Navigator in the chat, some gong in there. <laughs> nice. James Cooley's using Trumpet and Apollo and Loom. Uh, okay, cool. Some good tools in there. Uh, I'm I'm curious, uh, Brian, tools on your end, because you are very much a keep my blinders on. I want to focus, no distractions. So what's helping you to streamline? Everybody's been asking about, you know, how we scale this. Talk to me about that for a little bit. Yeah, it's it's a great question. I think it's an important call out to, to, to zoom out for a second. Like if you have like 30 accounts are going after for the entire year, and I'll exaggerate it the other way versus a million target accounts you're going to take a wildly different approach. I think the more accounts you have, like Justin's approach will work way better than mine because you're going to use different tools to put in that like actual personalization at scale, running different keywords, putting them in different like persona-based sequences off that. I'm a little bit in between where I have 300 target accounts and then knowing my persona to like a VP of sales or chief revenue officer, they just don't respond to like automated um boring templates. So it has to have some level of personalization. So I think I would challenge everyone in the room too, to kind of think about like their persona and their target account list, because maybe one approach will work better than the other, even more of a hybrid as well. And I think based off that as well, kind of helps answer the tools question. For mine, I try to keep it pretty simple. I use Google sales nav and then my sales engagement solution, which is in gong. I want to quickly understand just like who I'm targeting via LinkedIn any news or relevant triggers from their website or Google News that I can use as observations. And then I'm going to use the sales engagement tool to actually execute on the sequence, as well as quickly understand if there are prior opportunities, prior conversations, things like that, that I should probably be aware of before I send them a cold message. Good tips right there. Great strategies. Uh, Okay. We've got some good questions here. Here's my question to you, Justin. You, You are a cold email expert, right? Yes. Uh, for the for the folks in the room, how often do you test new messaging that you've created, Justin? How often should this be happening? Is this something that should be happening? You should test weekly. Talk to me. as many. I say weekly for us. Um, we do on Sundays. We do a check of like what messaging resonated. Did our campaigns flop? Like what's working right? Because we have so many clients we work with. We have to do this on Sundays, right? But I would say we test weekly until we find a message that works. I wouldn't even say weekly, actually. I would say it's more based on number of leads. So if I send 300 emails to a given list and I don't get a single meeting, that's probably a bad sign. I'm going to ask that variant, basically. So I think it's less so about time. It's more about how many emails are actually sending. Brian, same question, right? How often are you rewriting new messaging, going back and writing different versions, revising what you had? I would say it's more on a, in between like monthly and quarterly. Okay. In terms of that approach, I think different factors that'll speed up or slow down. Like if we have a new product that we're going to be offering in the market, like I've got to make some updates immediately. 
if the industry or the landscape for competitors has changed, as well as like our own messaging of how we articulate like our value proposition, that'll speed it up. Otherwise, because I kind of have the framework around like a relevant trigger and like persona-based problems, a lot of that won't change all too much. So I'm really just like tweaking an automated template later in a sequence that, you know, maybe I think will help up for pirates by a, a basis point or two. All right. Well, listen, you guys are getting a lot of gold here. I'm going to prompt you now to throw your questions in the Q&A. We are going to start asking questions from the audience now. It looks like most people are using a monthly schedule. So they are going back every month and looking at their messaging and making adjustments. A lot of people doing quarterly too. I think there's some some room in here to improve if we step that up and do like a weekly or a bi-weekly. Might be good for you. So it might be something to consider there. If you've asked a question in the chat, please go back and copy and paste it into the Q&A. We are going to hit it right now. Uh, John Bronder, welcome back, my friend. It's been entirely too long since we connected. Brian, do you have a solution ideal state, a solutions slash ideal state sentence in your framework? Uh, you know, What's that magic sentence that takes the, the longest for you to customize, I think? Yeah, I'd say I have a couple like, and they're more like in my head. Um, if I was at a new rep joining a company, I'd probably write them out like a Google Doc of like, hey, these are the five personas I'm targeting and getting really concise and articulating like, hey, here's the problem statement with each of those five personas and what they face as well as like, again, not the features of how we help, but like the benefit that they would see from using our solution. So I had that in my head, um, but I'm going to tweak it a little bit based on like um, the context of if they've seen us before, or if I feel like they've never heard of us, things like that as well. Nice. Uh, all right, cool. That's a good answer. So there you go. I hope you got that, John. Uh, so I'm curious for both of you, I just want to swap the shoes and put you in a different seat for a minute. You guys get a lot of cold outreach, right? Yes. What gets your attention? Justin, you are like a new founder. You, you yeah. must be getting flooded what's the thing Dude, that it's insane your attention i would say anything relates to my business i mean it's, it's it's more about timing right like everybody knows the stat is three percent of buyers are in a given market at any time right so if someone sends me a, an email for email sending tool well i don't need that because i've already got that settled so for me it's just it i actually responded to a couple cool emails this morning um someone was offering to help me augment my staff like help me hire people overseas to help me respond to cold emails that kind of stuff and they knew my business they knew i'm a cold email agency they say we can help you hire reply managers in the Latin America region. I'm like, that's the one I'm looking for right now. I'm looking to hire more reply managers. Um, and then another one is like, oh yeah, we have uh, email infrastructure. We have email sending infrastructure. And I've been having some issues with my infrastructure like here and there. So if someone has a better solution, I'm open to looking at it. So it's, I guess to answer the question is basically just right, right place, right time. Like you can write great copy. Um, you can write you know, the perfect framework, whatever. But this also ties back to our point previously is like, when I write an email, I like to write out five different problem statements because who knows, you know, maybe your ICP, maybe more percent of your ICP is dealing with XYZ problem and you wouldn't know unless you tested. So. Testing is everything. I feel like A-B testing is the skill to develop for every seller early and often and yes. keep it going. Uh, Brian, I kind of want to hear from you on this too. Like, you know, it's a little different for you because I think you're coming at it more from the influencer side, but you, you're inundated with cold messages just like everybody else. And you're, a, like I said, you're a blinders guy. So like, what is capturing your attention? I would say that Brian is probably one of those prospects that would be tough to break into. He's extremely savvy on what he should be spending his time on. So go ahead, Brian, what gets your attention? 
And and it is true. I I do get uh, I do get more cold emails than I'm used to. Um, ranging different asks across influencer, launching a brand, or just like interview help, things of that nature. I'll share this. Like I am super protective of my time, and like thirty or forty five minutes to me is an opportunity cost of what I could do prospecting or closing deals. So I've involved some emails that led with like personalization that were around like me getting engaged recently or me playing pickleball and then playing pickleball too, that they like found little nuggets, but it didn't compel me to actually respond just for the fact that they did a little bit of their homework from like a personalization standpoint, but there wasn't a clear value prop of like what was in it for me. One that I did respond to recently that I absolutely loved they saw me speak on a podcast and noticed that my home setup here isn't that great. I have a vent in the background. I don't have great lighting. I use my own laptop audio as well. And they led with all that and calling it out and framed up the problem that other creators have had. And his ask was just for time to talk me through how he's helped other creators and his recommended setup and how he could help be- become a partner. Um, so that immediately stood out. He actually copied my exact email framework as well that he put his email into and put a PS uh, more around some personalization for me. So like that was a 10 out of 10. Met with him the next day and you know, I found 30 minutes because it was going to be valuable. And I can see that you still have the same setup. So <laughs> I, you know, I, I appreciate where you're going. I hope to see on the next time, the next time you're here, we want to see that setup improved. Go get them, buddy. We got you. Uh, this one comes from Mark Ray here. What about similar titles in the same company? Do you change the messaging or keep it the same? Justin, this is probably a great one for you. Yeah, great question. So I use SmartLead. I'm not sure about other email sending tools, but SmartLead lets you put micro variants inside the email. So you can do like, I don't know if you're familiar with Spintax, but basically I, I like to do A-B variants. So it's again, back to A-B testing, right? But once we find an angle that works, I'll go and create sub variations of that given angle. So it doesn't sound like I type, type the exact same email. Like it'll be slightly different, maybe a different case study, maybe a different opener, but we're just trying to avoid making it sound like we sent it to everyone. Cause like I've had that happen in the past where I send the exact same email and they were interested. Then they went back to talk to their team and then they're just like, oh, well you send the exact same email. It's not rational, but they just, they just don't like it. Right. People don't like when they feel like they've been blasted. So I, I just always get the impression that like there's this room and yep. two individuals got this email kind of close together. And they, so and they go, hey, did you just get that email from that person? And the other one's like, yeah, yeah, I got the same email. And they're like, all right, delete. And they move on with their life. Like, that's how I imagine it to be going on if I yeah. do that, right? <laughs> that's my fear anyway, I think. Uh, this one comes from uh, Caitlin. And I think this is something we can't get away from when we're talking about cold email specifically. Brian. Any subject line suggestions that just land high, high open rates, this type of, of subject line crushes for me. Yes. I'll say under four words, four or less words. And then the biggest thing is the unique verbiage specific to their company. And I'll just give you an example. If I was prospecting into Gong and I found an observation around their new product, which is called Engage using that word engage somewhere in the subject line. So like engage launch, that seems really hyper-specific to that company versus just like James comma quick question. Very overused, very overdone. So I don't have like a boilerplate one that works, but it's going to use like some sort of specific verbiage, whether it's an employee name, a new product name, a new vertical they're launching into, hopefully something that ties directly back to that O in the ops framework. 
Uh, yeah, it definitely has to stand out for me. I, the first chasm we have to cross is not how do I get my email opened. It's how do I make it so that they don't delete it. <laughs> that is definitely the first chasm to cross. Uh, okay, so let's get a quick final thought for everybody. We have some great questions in here. We'll probably do a quick thing and try to answer as many of these questions as we can. Hit me up. Uh, but let's let's get a final thought on messaging here. Brian, if you have people coming away from the show and there's like one thing that they should focus on, something that's going to change the game for them forever, right? What is that thing that you think they should focus on? I, I challenge you to find a framework and it, it does not have to be mine. Um, it does not have to be Justin's. I think a lot of different frameworks can be very successful, but it's just going to help provide an outline for like, at least 80% of those personalized emails. And once you get that really down in your head, it's really just about improving the copy and the messaging within them. That'll get better and better and better. You'll get faster and faster and faster over time. It takes time to get good at executing on frameworks consistently. And I feel like that is the case for almost everything that we do professionally. It takes time to get good at. It's not going to happen overnight, even if you're adopting a framework for the very first time. Justin, when you think about something people are coming away with and you think yes. this is the thing for them that will change everything, what's that thing? Right. So I think back to Brian's point, right? Like follow the framework, have a general framework for sending messages. Doesn't have to be ours, but have something that you can isolate variables, right? We can isolate the problem statement, whatever. I guess we didn't really cover this as much on this call, but work on things that aren't scalable in the beginning. I know my whole brand is like sending relevant campaigns at scale. But the process, because I, I sign so many companies, the process we take for every company is we send small campaigns that aren't scalable to see what works. We're not worried about scaling campaign. If the list is 100 people, 200 people, but we got a meeting from it, clearly something worked there. So we just try to do things that aren't scalable and figure out if it works like at scale, figure out how to reverse engineer that at scale. I typically do that through batching, but you could also do like data scraping. Um, that's a whole another segment that we could talk about. But one good way, and I would say since a lot of people make cold calls here, is if you're making cold calls and you're not like forcing them onto the call, like you're just saying your value pitch and they want to take the call, that's a good place to start. Like that one or two sentence pitch, that's a good place to start as far as like how to position yourself in the cold email. So positioning, positioning is a key word there that I just grabbed when you said that we have to position yeah. ourselves in a cold email as something yes. of value if we want them to read it. I want to give you guys a quick recap of the two frameworks that you've gotten today. The first one is Brian Lamana's Ops Framework. This is very simple, easy to execute on. Think about it hard. Put it into place for yourself. Get a screenshot of this. Do what you need to do with it to make it make it happen. And this five-stepper right here from Justin Chi is a great framework that you should start looking at if you're looking to set yourself aside from the rest of the emails that are coming into your prospect's inbox every single day, demanding or asking for their time. I want to thank everybody for coming out today. Uh, we are going to drop Brian and Justin's LinkedIn's in the chat so that you guys can go and connect with these two experts. These are human beings that are going to be able to help you to sell better, whether it's through the services and products that they offer or through the insights that they can offer you. Be wary. It is difficult to capture Brian's attention. So make sure that you're using that. I saw really well when you get to Brian, uh, share your takeaways from today's show. Tag me, tag us, put it on the platform that you like the most. We are on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. I think we have a Twitter or a Snapchat or a Facebook. We are everywhere. So use that. To, to tag us so that we can track you and support you. Uh, you're going to get a survey after this. I want to know what I did well, what, what you want to see more of, the things that you liked about this show. Connect with us on social. As you can see right here, we are active everywhere, sellbetter.xyz. Uh, guys, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your time with our audience today. I appreciate you being here. Likewise.
Thank you so much. All right, everybody, don't forget, tomorrow we are going to be live with Morgan J. Ingram and Anthony Natoli on the uh, Sales Navigator show. So if you are using Sales Navigator, and a lot of you put that in the chat, you're going to want to be there for that show tomorrow. Morgan has a lot to share. Go get them today. We are rooting for you. Connect with me personally at Say What Sales. I will see you guys tomorrow. Go get them.